Metallic Cajun. Metallic Cajun. Cajun. Playing hard, playing tough. Just playing good is not good enough. We're gonna show you what league's all about. If there's a lesson to be learned, we're handing it out. This game is our game. This town is our town. Turn the heels and to a Good evening and welcome to the Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. And I usually cut that song a bit shorter, but I thought we'll just let it out just a little bit longer because we're celebrating a win, Liam. Let's enjoy it while we can. We're not only celebrating a win, Nagy, we're celebrating avoiding a mathematical possibility of finishing with the spoon. Yes, hooray. I think we can even do a bit of a... Uh, no, I don't know. Uh, claps. What's that? Uh, we got? A uh, claps? No, I don't know. Now we go good. clapping. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. For the first time in three seasons, the Knights... <laughs> the cannot non- receive the wooden spoon, which is quite something, quite an achievement. And it was because it, it was even better because we celebrated this about three weeks ago. <laughs> uh, the win against the Titans, I think we thought we were clear. And How we're, wrong we were. Yeah, and then all of a sudden we fell back into contention. I don't think we ever left mathematical contention uh, for the spoon. But then when it, you know, three losses and we didn't look like we we're going to, we had Panthers, Sharks, and Dragons on the run home. We're like, hang on, we're not going to win another one here. Oh, I didn't think that. Now well, you. I might have had maybe just, <laughs> you know, the three spoons echoing. Uh, in my psyche and thinking oh we, this is this is going to be another spoon and then I start thinking four spoons in a row and then I was like hang on we haven't gone up anywhere even though we talked about Hilda about it last week saying like you know we've done better than we did last year and better than the year before but to still get the spoon it's just that you know it's that stamp of disappointment. That's it. The the threat's always there, hanging over the head. It never goes away. But it's away for another year. We can put that to bed. The no more spoon. Whether we finish, or I think we can finish as high as ninth now, and as low as not the bottom. So, <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's the key. Uh, hopefully, there's no salary cap dramas that's going to oh come God. up, and they'll be like, actually, you guys do go down the bottom. Well, remember, we were almost in trouble of not spending enough of our salary cap earlier in the year. Yeah, maybe there's some sort of infringement involved there. They go, oh, well, Jesus. you know what that means? you got to drop down five places. Oh, you're back at the bottom. And it's interesting because the Cowboys look like they're, they're you know, they could very well get it uh, this year. And they only got saved from 2009, 10, whatever. Whenever the Melbourne Storm got their one handed down, uh, they, they should have got the spoon that year. They only won five games. Uh, but they were saved by Melbourne getting zero points. Unluckily, we never got uh, Melbourne. Um, no, I know. Of all the salary cap cheats, you know, we're, we're one of the few teams consistently in the running to come last to not benefit. Yeah, we, we never, like, got... Because that's what Ali ever remembers, because it's just, like, it's just like an origin win, you know what I mean? Like, everyone talks about, like, oh, if only that penalty, and if they only went for that, and this player was playing. But in the end, you only reflect back and go, we won that series, and then Queensland won a bunch more. Well, was it the year that the Bulldogs... Got their points stripped and came last that we were second off the bottom? Two th- Only no, 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 no. That was 2002. 2002. Oh, my word. Yeah, that was that yeah. long ago. Wow, yeah. yeah. And then two years later, they won the comp. And then mm. and that's why everyone thought Parramatta was due to win the comp this year because two years ago, they had their points they stripped. They did. Um, but not the case. No. Quite the opposite of the case, yes. actually. Yeah. It was because uh, instead of winning the comp... Uh, they're, they're also in contention to come last. Spoon, yeah. Well, they still could get it as well. This spoon bowl is really heating up. I'm very excited to see what happens now that we're out. And yeah. you know, I, I feel like I can enjoy the spoon bowl, which we're, is not something I've been able to do in the last few years. We're in this weird place because we're not, we're not definitely not in contention for finals. There's not even a, you know, so but we're not in contention for the bottom. We're just in the middle. Nagy, I suppose you could say we are in the doldrums. Doldrums, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is our word of the week. <laughs> 
Thank nope. you for playing on. If you'll uh, look to your screen, you'll find out what the word doldrums, doldrums. means. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what we're in. Famously after Nobby Doldrums. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Very famously, Nobby, one of this uh, country's great, icons. great media commentators. Yes. And icons. Yeah. <laughs> that and Philip Quisp as well. Philip Quisp. Those two. Of my, two of my favourite uh, media commentators. Treasures. So you're with this in this... Speaking of treasures. Yeah. The Newcastle Knights. <laughs> oh, mate, I'll tell you what. It was exciting to see. Penrith Panthers. We go down there. Penrith Stadium. Obviously, they've got the Cameron Seraldo, former Knights player himself. Uh, as their head coach, and you think to yourself, "Oh Christ!" They've definitely they've been able to put points on us. I don't think I think the last oh, three games at least they played against us, they put more than thirty, uh, and it's just been like so. And I thought we were the better time team when we played them at home, even though not coming away with a win. Yeah, but, that game was terrible. That was yeah. a real stinker. Well, we just thought, you know, I remember even two thousand and fifteen. I think, oh yeah, um, when we we possibly could avoid the spoon, and then we had we had to beat Penrith in that last game, and that was a bit of a spoon off. Uh, and they flogged us. And uh, that just stuck in my memory that I was like, oh, we're going to get flogged again, and then everyone's going to be like, oh, Knight's probably going to get the spoon. And I'll tell you what, that would have been a fourth loss in a row. If we lose six, the last six games of the season, probably deserve the spoon. But we showed that we're not deserving of the spoon, Liam. We're different. Isn't it wonderful? We're different. Sorry, we've focused a lot about how we're not coming last, but it's a massive achievement. Why wouldn't you focus on it? Look, What's you... not to focus about? <laughs> Cheers to not coming last. Cheers, ding, dang. Cheers to everyone out there. We we did it by not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a team effort. We were, we've all been in this together as Knights fans. Emotionally invested, crying into our pillows for years and years. But I tell you what, this is also coinciding with not getting the spoon and the Blues won the series. Isn't that just wonderful? It's just What this, a time we're living in. This is amazing. All Knights fans out there and also New South Wales fans, well done for not only supporting the team, but just supporting the sport because you've had this <laughs> disappointment of Knights coinciding with Blues just losing, losing, losing. So, But not anymore. Not anymore. We're still losing games, but we're just not but losing. less of them. <clears throat> Less of them, less of them. Now, nine games, nine games now we've won of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, there was talks of before the season, like what everyone would be happy with. I remember I said anything more than 10 would be a bonus. Um, and if you think I'm making that up, you can look it up because we've recorded everything. That's the beauty of this. Uh, <laughs> that uh, I was hoping for 10 or more. And now we're not quite there, but we're definitely in that realm. Uh, and it, it puts us in, you know, around that same sort of spot we were, I think, in 2014, 2012, 2010. Just, you know, and we don't look back at those seasons and see them as uh, see them as like drastic disappointment. So I think this season as well, we should take some solace and just knowing that we're just in that lower end of mediocrity. <laughs> Which is good, though. Again, like we said at the start of the year, again, you can go back and see this. We're not lying. We said that kind of a finish anywhere between 9th and 12th, yeah. that is an improvement. That shows signs of the club getting better yeah. that shows signs of Nathan Brown Nathan Brown's work coming to fruition and look where we are number 11 just inside that it's amazing what a few wins and you know and a few you know two more wins and suddenly we're talking finals uh, so it's 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 amazing that that separation of just a couple of wins and that's why those games right in the middle of the seasons which seemed like you're not playing for anything and it was like oh well you know we probably should have won that game like even the game against the Cowboys pretty recently we're like oh well we probably should have that one but we didn't but there's been always next week those are the games that matter not the games leading up to the finals because you've got to do all the work in the middle we talk about Titans game as well that's another one that yeah, Should have won at the start. Didn't yeah, at the start of the season or around eight, I think. Last yeah. game that Brock Lamb played for us ever looks like. Um, mm, more to come on that in more the news later. To come, but Liam, twenty points to twelve. We almost held them to one try uh, for the entirety of the game, only leaking that when we had eleven players on. More to come with that as well. What were your thoughts on the game, Liam? 
I thought it was wonderful. It was a victory that I haven't seen from the Knights in years. Like, I'm not just talking going back through our spoon years. That was a victory that was built on defense. That yeah. was a victory where every player showed up in defense. To, uh, what oh, Someone said in the uh, the post-match presser, I believe it was Mitch Pierce. he said, you know, kept turning up for our boys on the inside. Yes. And uh, it really showed, you know, holding Penrith to two tries, one of which was off a kick chase, kick pressure. They, like Brownie again said in the presser, not a try they really deserved, but no. yeah, it was a victory that was built on the backs of a rock-solid defensive line and excellent scrambling defense. And I haven't seen that in years, and it buoyed my spirit. Yeah, and it was it was one of those one of those games where we found ourselves when Penrith were getting repeat sets, they were building pressure. They couldn't quite click. They had no James Maloney, but still having the New South Wales Origin half and 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 fullback as well, like you know fullback playing Origin this year as well, and Tyrone Peachy. So some real class out there, uh, and they still couldn't manage to get points on us. And uh, one of the best young forward packs in the comp, busting up through the middle, and just they didn't get through. And Penrith, while they were awful, I'll put it. The way it is, they, they were bad. absolutely terrible. Yeah. They still tried to throw a fair bit at us, but the, again, it was the defence that forced errors. We forced them into a sideways running game that doesn't really suit Penrith. There was no one straightening the attack, and it was just heartwarming to see <clears throat> the defensive line build a victory. Yeah, and the, look, you know, we crossed for four tries. Could have been a fifth one as well at the start there with uh, with with Skidzy going over to a forward pass that I think it was. I thought it marginally forward. I think if Sione, if the, I think if Sione runs with that ball, it looks backwards, but because he got hit directly as he passed the I ball, watched the game like... again today. It was at least three metres forward. Okay, I may have been looking at some <laughs> rose-coloured glasses, yeah. but I was just thinking, what could it be? But it doesn't matter because we've got the two points on the ball. And the funny thing, Nagy, we just discussed on the Joust a few weeks ago how the Knights are the best tacklers, but the worst defenders. Defense, yeah. Now, this game went the opposite way. We had 45 missed tackles. Yes. <laughs> and yet, we won the game on our defence. We flipped the script, Nagy. I think we've got to throw all these. Like, it's obviously, like we that game especially... We lost every stat. Do you have the stats there that we lost? I think we lost... No, there was too many. We, we, we lost, literally lost every facet of the stats. We missed more tackles. We lost possession. We lost the possession battle only having... Uh, 68%. Oh, no, no, sorry. 68% completions. Completion. Yeah, the, so we lost the completion rate. They completed the possession, more Possession, we had 47%. They offloaded <clears throat> 15 to 5. They ran more metres than us. About 400 more metres. <laughs> they topped every statistical category. But you know what? They sucked. They sucked. They missed that last case stat of getting more points on the, the board. Could be. Yeah, I wouldn't rule that out. But the other... Other thing that went right, Nagy, Mitchell Pierce's kicking game, it yeah. was astounding. He kicked for 464 metres. There was a cyclone brewing out there in Penrith. The wind was going yeah. every which way. And yet Pierce consistently managed to find kind of the land his kicks in between the Penrith goal line and their 10 metre line. He had some really nice little touch finders. He just controlled the game beautifully and he, he got the Knights on the front foot with his kicking. Which is excellent because he's actually my hats off for this week is uh, Mitchell Pierce because I just thought, you know, we really missed him without having him in the side uh, and that kicking, you know, kicking back for, for games that we've really, did, like, you know, not deserved to get the win walking into it. You know, they losing all the stats and you think, how do we do it? Is that... Kick, um, that kick direction, that kick for the sideline a lot, as you said, like with uh, put us in a good position, let us, you know, get get a few breaths back in the lungs, and then um, and then reevaluate the whole game. I think it's it, it it just it was that game control that we've been missing. The game manager that everyone talks about that we the Knights haven't understood since no. Andrew Johns left. <laughs> yes, what does it but mean? But we have it back. Four hundred and sixty-four meters he kicked for. It was excellent, and he had plenty of pressure on him. 
Regan Campbell-Gillard was pressuring him very yeah. early, putting him on his back, but he got up every every time. Yeah, it was wonderful. It was good to see, and he was going up against uh, you know Nathan Cleary, the guy that uh, you know took his job, took his job, took his job at the Blues. <laughs> so um, yeah, and uh, he definitely he won the, the the halves battle. He looked the better half. So it was it was good to see. Who's your hats off for this? Week? My hats off. I've got uh, oh, well, got, I picked s- a number of them. You've got seven. I, I picked <laughs> actually no, just four. Just two four. hats off. Two honourable mentions. Hats off goes to Dan Safidi. This he is had a really big game. One hundred and thirty meters, fifty three post contact yeah. two tackle busts one line break assist and one offload however he did make 15 tackles for five misses that wasn't great Ooh. but his work in attack was excellent it was good. honorable mentions skd 123 meters run a lot of them coming out of yardage which he's been so good at and five tackle busts and another honorable mention is kenny kickoffs yeah he's just been getting better and better he had 111 run meters five tackle busts a line break and a try but something that Sterlo pointed out in his rap of the weekend's action today... He raps now? <laughs> he does. It's quite <laughs> remarkable. He's got an album dropping very soon, ladies and gentlemen. Keep an eye out. Peter Sterling. Schnorkeller, as they call him. <laughs> was that kick to put us ahead 20 points to six. Now, Kenny, we love him. But as Sterlo said, he's not an elite goal kicker. He's not one of your 80% goal kickers. He had one on the sideline to convert his own try to put us three scores ahead yeah. into the wind. Against the wind, I don't know, the wind was going everywhere, and he just nailed it. Nailed it so yeah. I think Kenny's really starting to grow a bit of confidence and become the player that we thought he could be. So honourable mention to SKD and Kenny, but the major hats off for this week, I wanted to come up with a new category for it because it was wonderful, but I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> it was right. Aiden Huera, Huera. the what? man from last week who also got it. He had an outstanding game. 104 metres run, three tackle busts, a line break, 44 tackles and a try. He was inspirational. He was, and like he's been playing really well. He's he's really stepped up in a team that you know he's not playing for finals, uh, and like most of his career, he's playing for finals at this time. And you know he's 30. He's on. You know he, he very easily. He's done enough of the season to be like, well, you know, you're still part of the leadership squad, part of this. You know, you're the captain when when uh, people aren't there. So it's. You know what is he trying to step up for? But he he just consistently plays well. That competitive nature in him, that uh, that Italian fire, the that, Italian <laughs> stallion, I suppose you'd call it. Yes, yeah. Because there's no other words that rhyme with Italian. Italian, yeah, Italian. Mm. We'll get back to you on that Mammalian. one. Mammalian. No. He's definitely a mammal. Yeah. So we can confirm the Italian that. alien. <laughs> is he from this world? We're not sure. We don't know. No uh, one knows. He's well, he's thirty Earth years old, uh, and. <laughs> And uh, so it was great to see him that he's still um, putting you know absolutely everything into um, to his efforts with the club and and, it, and I'm really glad that we signed him. He's, he's up there with with one of the best signings. All our signings this year have stepped up at, at numerous times. They have given the injuries we've had on our key signings. I feel like at various points through the year they've all shown the value we can get from them. Except maybe Jacob Lilliman. <laughs> yeah, I know you've got the axe to grind with Jacob, uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah, you know even he's given little bits and pieces here and there that shows what he can do. Can you give a hat back on for this game? Nope, Liam? cancel no. it. No. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, even Josh King. I kept a close eye on Josh King. In attack, he offered nothing. There were, yes. But in defense, 28 tackles for only one miss. One miss, yes. I, I, I posted earlier that it was no misses. 28 tackles for no misses. 28 tackles off the bench in 35 minutes is huge. That's really quite something. It's huge. He he, kept, he put out his usual 15 running meters. But yeah, his defense yeah. really improved this week. Yeah, like We put under a lot of defensive pressure and on the line as well, inside our own 20. And obviously, he did enough, missing only one out of the 28, which is it's just, you know, it's a big feat. He needs to do more. He's still underdone as far as a first grader we're not saying you know keep josh king in the side but we're saying that just lay off him because he didn't you know absolutely fall to bits yeah he, relax he just you know leave josh was, king alone now leave him. <laughs> <laughs> it was such an interesting game at penrith there were the um it was i i went in into that game thinking you know that it was just going to be another whitewash i thought I, I was almost just accepting for the fact that it was going to be and it wasn't 
but which is pretty good. I was quietly confident. <laughs> just quietly. <laughs> just quietly. Yeah. <laughs> what, do, what do you think? Uh, as far like, so we lost the stats battle. Like, it was a big game as far as look, especially for Penrith as well. Like Penrith were coming into this game, um, yeah, Cameron Cameron Serraldo, um, being the form thing. They're, they're looking at a final spot, but then they also just capitulated as well. They did, which is interesting because. Penrith have become so well known from their come from behind victories, which at yeah. the start of the year they were over high ranking teams. Your Souths, I think they took the Roosters out. But then the last few comebacks, if you look back through who it is, they're all lower eight teams. So they had the the great one against Canberra, which was very, very good. Mm. But then Manly. The Titans. Manly. Then Manly. Manly. Like, these aren't teams that are very good. But yeah. it also worried me because these are teams kind of fighting for the same positions we are. So I thought, well, if Penrith are too do such a thing again, Yeah, likely it will be against us. But the defensive resolve of the fellas, the 17 fellas out there in red and blue, ensured that that didn't happen. I think it was just like there was key moments in that game where the Penrith could have come back right back at half time as well. Uh, it was, it, but we, we turned them away. And I think that's the effort that everyone wanted to see. We showed a similar defensive effort against Brisbane earlier in the season. Um, we showed that, really, that same sort of... Um, against uh, the Roosters, I remember, uh, at home there, and it was we only went down by two points. Uh, I don't think anyone minds, you know, in a season that where those games where they don't go our way, like the Roosters, um, but it's, it's, it's showing that that effort's there, and it's mm. not just, you know, absolutely throwing the game away with silly errors. The t- players like uh, Corey Dennis uh, making one on, uh, three one-on-one tackles in key times. He was solid. That left edge, the the C.O. Dennis straight, as we've uh, widely called it, yeah. they were solid. They yeah. really stepped up. And I think having Pierce defending inside... Oh, no, it was Ponga defending on that side. It was something around then. Anyway, yeah. something happened on that side that just worked. But the other thing that really interested me was that we've had... The Knights have had a certain game plan all year that hasn't really panned out as they'd hoped, but it's very much a game plan of attacking the tram line. So between the sideline and your 20-meter line. But this game, it paid off massively. All our tries were down that area. The middle we kind of avoided because the Panthers can really dominate you in the middle with their huge middles. But we worked the tram lines. We worked down the edges with Kalen Pong and Mitchell Pierce, spreading the ball side to side, and that's where all our tries came. And it's a game plan that Brownie's been getting the Knights to use for quite a while, but because of errors and inconsistencies in the side, hasn't really come off yet. But despite all the errors and losing all the stats categories, I thought that was the best example this year of Brownie's game plan coming to fruition. And for me, that Sione Matadia try, that was just rugby league poetry in its purest form. It was just stunning. There was... Quick hands, there was hard, straight running, and what was the third thing I wrote? There's, sorry, I'll read it off here. Hard running, straight lines, and yeah. soft hands. Soft hands. It's the most beautiful thing that you can see on a rugby league field. Because usually we have soft running and hard hands. Yes, and yes, <laughs> but we didn't this time. We inversed those. Yes, yeah, we, that's the thing that was missing. I, yeah. I remember listening to, uh, I think it was the Honey Badger on The Bachelor, yeah. uh, which I have been watching this season, um, as I think most Australians have. It's beautiful trash television. I haven't, the, although I love The Honey Badger. The Badula, they're calling him as ah. well. Very clever out there. <laughs> Very clever. But he said he said an important thing uh, that really resonated with me. He says, a uh, thing that my dad always used to say is that y- you can run through anything if you hit it at pace and that's when I saw that Sione trial I was like that's almost like he's been watching The Bachelor too which I'm almost certain he has (laughs) (laughs) it's a a brilliant show yeah Uh, and he's a wonderful character the Honey Badger I love him to be it is and so Sione Matauso a very own Honey Badger but he's not quite he's not quite a badger he's more of a Honey Wombat I'd describe him as (laughs) 
Maybe not honey involved. I was thinking at like all. a honey bilby. Oh no, it's too too big to be bilby. It's sort of stocky, like, it's like a, a kangaroo. Have you ever seen a kangaroo oh. when they flex? Skidzy's like a Sione's kangaroo. Sione's well built. No, yeah, that's why he's like a wombat. Yeah, good point. Look, we'll wombats be right. don't have the power though. <laughs> have you seen them run? They're like lightning. I have. It's adorable. <laughs> I love a pet wombat. If anyone knows out there what criteria I need to fulfil to get a pet wombat, Man. please send that in to, to the show. Courtesy of the show. Um, send it to Karen. She'll uh, get the notes off to Fax me. it right through to Karen. Mm. Speaking of uh, Karen, we've got to go uh, coffee break. We'll be right back for the second half of the GS. Stay with us. Karen! <laughs> Where's that bitch? <laughs> I, just, I don't know what Karen put in those coffees. It's terrible, isn't it? Oh, it's like mud. I'll tell you, after this season, we might have to give Karen a little tap on the shoulder. Yeah. She's getting old. She's seventy-three years old. You know, she's got children now. She does. She does a wonderful job with that fax machine <laughs> of hers, though. Liam, I think it might be time for the news. Ah. Huge news segment, uh, Liam. We, uh, we'll keep it very close to home, obviously. Uh, with our under twenties, under twenties taking out the uh, the what was it? The minor, minor prem- premiership. Those not familiar with the Jersey flag competition, it's the rebranded NYC, and the Knights have won it. So good signs for the future for the club going forward. It was great because obviously a reserve grade have struggled a bit this season with a change of coach, and uh, they've got uh, Cos Jason in there. Um, uh, as a bit of a caretaker coach, and but they they managed to get some wins. They won against the Warriors last week. How'd they go this year? They this, only, this week, sorry. only went down to a sideline conversion on full time. Oh, so it was a tight one against the Panthers, who are strong in reserve grade. So promising signs towards the end of the year by the reserve grade sign. And yeah, well done to the Jersey Flags, very, coached very by good. Todd Larry, the Co- legend. Just quick clap. That's all they get. <laughs> very, but a good clap. Good quick clap, clap, but good a good one. Clap. But the next issue in the news, Nagy, fighting. Yes. Fighting has found its way back into the NRL. Now, I believe our producer, Elliot, we have a bit of a video of the uh, the fracar. Yes. As I'm going to call it, the, the fracar. There was a bit of a late shot uh, from uh, Bill Kickow, which Mitch Barnett didn't like. Which uh, It's good that Mitch Barnett didn't like that. Yeah. I like that he didn't like it. And Caelan <laughs> Ponga very obviously running away from the fight, as he said on Matty Johns. He didn't want to be a part of that. No, he was too um, beautiful. Oh, he is, he is. And I don't want him being a part of that I was, personally. I was a little confused with what was happening because I could see all the players looking over uh, and then and then on top, and then they're into it. Uh, this is this is the best fight we've seen in the NRA all year, which is fantastic. Which is not saying much because they weren't great punches. And then, oh, ching. Uh, um, Skidzy lands a good one. Uh, I think I think he lands the, the best one of. But, like, you know, you don't see this kind of, like, Paul Barney's on the ground. I think um, who's who's that number eleven for for Penrith? Bill Kickout? He's huge, big Billy Kickout. Yeah, he was uh, one of their danger men, but we really nullified him. And again, it's the punches I think that that nullified him. It's I just, just actually Bunny ends up on the ground twice in this fight. <laughs> He's really into the ground and pound. I think, well, apparently, because Barney, like, you know, when you've got someone holding you on the ground by your throat and they get up and you think, I'm going to go him again, and then you end up on the ground again, as Andrew John's all over, you know, from, yeah. from uh, 1995. See, I've never really been in a fight, so I don't quite know what I'd do in that situation. Uh, the only fights I've ever been in, I've ended up on the ground numerous times. <laughs> <laughs> I've stopped a number of fights. Have you? But sanctions have come out against these players, Nagy, yes. but they're not bad ones. We've got Bill Kickow. Mm. Aforementioned, Wonga Blake, Tyrone May, and Danny Levi have all received $1,100 fines, and SKD had a f- his fine reduced to $750 after a discount for seven years' good on field behavior. So, yeah. never had any problems with the judiciary. So, his sentence 
if you're going to call it that, his financial recompense yeah. uh, has been reduced. So it's good less, on Sean. No suspensions, though. No suspensions, which I like. They purely attack their pocket. Mm. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's funny also that Skidzy got off for pretty much good behaviour when effectively off the field he would he's got bad behaviour. So, <laughs> so it's good that but it was on the field. That, which is good. Oh, look, we love Skidzy here. We do. Uh, he's but, one of our favourites. <laughs> but, but it was good to see. But I don't know. Like, it was... If, the, if we lost that that game, it would have been like, oh, like Penrith should have, you know... Cameron Serrato has to come out and say, boys, you know, where was that kind of aggression when you were tra- when you were attacking the line? Exactly, but, exactly. Uh, coming away with the penalty, so in that, in you know, as far as the rugby league uh, gods are, uh, uh, um, um, you know, they they sell the fighters. It was all Penrith. It was just the uh, the Nazis of the NRL. It's like they say, you can take the boy out of Penrith, but you can't take Penrith out of the boy. Yeah, no, they love a good biffo. Out but there. the funniest thing to come out of that fight, Nagy, and I believe we've got a video of it up next. Is that one? <laughs> Penrith fan, mm. I use the word fan loosely, took uh, matters into his, his own, own hands. hands. He, he thought, he, thought uh, he, he didn't like the decision at the time. So he thought, oh, hang on a second, we've got uh, a bit of footage up here um, of... We got, yeah, so here it is. <coughs> um, so he gets the ball, he gets the ball uh, here from, from the, the kick and then he... But Wooshka, right on number 15, is it? Which I believe is number 15. That was... The 13th. Oh, as Aiden Guerra. Oh, Aiden Guerra. Our captain, Boom. well, lucky we gave him the hats off. Yeah. If that, he had a hat on, that could have gone terribly. <laughs> would have taken it clean off. <laughs> I personally found that hilarious because <laughs> there's nothing funnier when you've got a ball in your hand yeah. than just pegging it at someone. So I wasn't too upset about that, actually. I thought it was really funny. you got to say, even though you got a skeleton from the field, he probably would, you know, he's probably going to say, don't come back next week or whatever the case might be. Hell of an arm on him, you got to say. <laughs> that's it. I believe there's a few uh, NFL teams <laughs> scouting because that's accurate. But yeah. There's someone whose favourite pastimes is just pegging balls at people and having balls pegged at me in return. I'm all for it. <laughs> but well done by Panthers security to have that particular person escorted swiftly, promptly, and without incident from the venue. Well done, Penrith. I guess the Penrith security kind of used to that now. Yeah, they, they escort a lot of people. People like... <laughs> they start with about 12,000 there. They finish with about six. Dealing with those kind of people. <laughs> mountain men. Yeah. what do you, Mountain what, men. How do you think that this is Penrith are going to take this? You know, obviously, like, us Gould sacks the coach. They they get one. We now they've lost one. Let's say they lose the next two. Is Gus going to say, I probably shouldn't have sacked the coach at this crucial time in the season? Or nope. do you think he was doubling say, down? He's sacking Cameron Seraldo. <laughs> <laughs> it was just not safe, is it? So what does he do? What does he say? Just like, oh, I made the correct decision, decision, but and now that it hasn't worked out, it's still the correct decision. Is that yes? Exactly. I think what you're going to see is doubling down upon doubling down from Gus. It's just going to be, I was right. I was right. I was right. Yeah. But again, it's a kind of thing you got to see. Develop over a few years. If they miss the finals, it, it will be. It hilarious. was good to see that we got under their skin and just really annoyed them. Uh, I tell you, another thing happened uh, over the course of the weekend that uh, to a team that we really don't like, and that's Manly. Yes, we um, don't like them. And that was uh, that. Not only uh, did they not get the result they wanted uh, on the weekend, but they had uh, how many people rock up to their game? Lane? Six thousand. 837 or something. Less than 7,000. Now, that was only because... Uh, they're, oh, terrible. Yeah, because well, they're terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. They're terrible, but it was uh, it was good to see because they uh, th- it was another game in Manly that wasn't of that same sort of calibre, probably better playing calibre, arguably, but it was in the shoot shield. The Battle of the Beaches. Yeah. Manly Marlins versus the Warringah Rats. And and, and uh, didn't they... They flocked to that game. They got over that, uh, that crowd at that game. And uh, meanwhile, their first grade NRL side at Brookie at home, uh, apparently there was even people like members of the club calling uh, like you know admin staff of the club calling members saying can you please come please 
please come to the game. And they uh, they must have made about 6,000 calls. Isn't so. it fun to see the dumpster fire that is currently manly? <laughs> because they've uh, obviously had their coach walk out. There's players threatening to walk out because of the coach yeah. who has walked out. They're still training out of demountables. <laughs> they train inside the demountables. Inside the, the demountables. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have much space. No, that shitty cheap carpet's a better, <laughs> better playing surface than Brookvale. Trent Hodkinson, a former uh, Newcastle Knight and a former manly player before he was he's currently in that side. Now, 10 years ago, he, he was in... Um, um, and they said uh, that it was quoted uh, from Daily Cherry Evans to say that um, that not much has changed in those <laughs> ten years except the playing squad. So that's uh, that's that's got to hurt. That's got to be bad for everyone involved in that club. And you know, it just seems like they're falling falling to bits. And there's a big push for uh, for, for Tooves to come back as well, which is uh, interesting. I hope to see Tooves come back because he was just fun to watch. He was fun to watch and listen to. Listen, fun to, to listen to. He, he was, was just a maniac. Yeah, he was. But you know, Manly's got these long stretches of having players that have. Yeah, coaches that have been former players, and that's not the case at the moment. Well, it's what everyone keeps saying. They say they need a manly coach to to bring back the manly DNA. I think they just need a manly, manly. coach because they're used to dealing with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's Bobby Fulton left, and they've sort of vacuumed that whole club. Yeah. Now, so not physically. Well, they can't afford the vacuum. They can't afford no vacuum. <laughs> There's been a power vacuum, not the physical vacuum. Still uh, using a dustpan and broom. Yeah, and the debatables just have that damp smell <laughs> <laughs> to them at all. But uh, sorry, Lamb, <laughs> this is such a big news. I've everywhere. really enjoyed uh, bagging manly, but we yeah. must move on, Nagy. Now, Brock Lamb. As yep. reported by Barry Tui in Tui's News on Saturday, looks to have signed with the Roosters. Yes. Now, Baz reports that the deal is virtually done. Brock, uh, Friends of Brock Lamb have come out and said to Barry that he's very much looking forward to working under Cooper Cronk, learning a lot from Cooper Cronk, and essentially looks like he'll be coming in as a role of Cooper Cronk's understudy. So, what, spending next year working with Luke Keary, playing reserve grade, and then filling the shoes of Kronk, which is some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah, well, not physically because Kronk's quite a small man, mm. but um, but metaphorically, mm. um, it's uh, he won't be actually wearing his boots. They um, might do. <laughs> maybe they'll share boots. Maybe that's maybe the first it's a good part, luck charm. Might be the first part of mentoring. This is the. It's come at a really good time because obviously the Knights got a good win, um, and it, there's no calls for well we should hold on to him. Uh, I think if we if we had Jack Cogger playing in that game and he didn't play so well, or you know we weren't talking about how you know the 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 Ponga the Ponga the Ponga Ponga Watson uh, Ponga Watson the the Ponga Watson God um, wouldn't that be a player Yeah 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 the combination of Caelan Ponga and Connor Watson If you could combine the two maybe mm. if they no that wouldn't work because one needs to be a woman Um sorry <laughs> sorry I, was, well, I watched Twins recently with, uh, <laughs> with uh, not Twins no what's the other one Yeah Twins when they come Yeah with half. Danny DeVito no, and Arnold Schwarzenegger What's the other one around the babies Junior Three men and a baby. No, anyway. Sorry. Big, with no, Tom Hanks. No, anyway, sorry. If they could combine those two, that would be something we should be working on. I wonder how they like Mooney and uh, Brownie is with genetics. Um, well. Yeah, it's something they could... They've got the whole off-season. You should be asking the people at Penrith. They've probably got a successful eugenics program. <laughs> yeah, like those Nazis. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> but it was... Uh, it was. It, this is the first time I think everyone should just like pause and just think, do we want him to go? Is he going to be worth you know keeping around? Probably not. It does leave a bit of a gap for us as far as the the halves cover. Uh, Cogger's going next year, no Lamb, so it will open up. Like you know, we have to obviously sign someone or find someone emerging. It doesn't look like there was one in our current stocks. So it's look, it's sad to see Brock uh, leave, but he hasn't played since that Titans game where he fractured his cheekbone. Never got another run. Brownie seems to have lost a bit of. He was always you know start of the season. He was he was the man. He was the number one fan. Uh, You had him on the bench and just brought him on the last twenty minutes as almost like a Connor Watson esque like at the roosters and just uh but but you know it wasn't a sustainable thing and he need he got a he got a smaller window than probably cogger did 
Uh, but it just didn't work. Maybe it didn't work with the, uh, you know, with the gelled well with um, Pierce. I don't know. Who knows? We're not there. We're not there. We can only speculate. Um, One thing I forgot to include in the news is that also Brock Lamb was stood down from playing reserve grade this week. Oh, yeah, because he was Because curfew. he was one of five players who missed curfew. Mm. Now, the Knights reported very strongly that there was no drunken behavior. Yeah. It was just that they were late. Yeah. Still not a good look. No, and that Still was a, not a good look. That was over in It was over in New Zealand, Zealand. after their ISP game. They celebrated a bit and apparently were a bit late coming home I because they had a morning flight. Without context of how late that the curfew was, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's hard to pass judgment. If it was at 11, you're like, oh, they could probably stay. Or was it like two? And they were like, they were out till three. But, you know, they knew the rules. And I think it's good for Cost Jason um, to, to be firm and actually drop these players. Um, That's it. It's a good, strong culture move, which yeah. I like. Sam Stone was another one Sam as well. Sam Stone was another one. If we're going to be like... Matt Allwood was another one. A few of them were kind of your part-timers who are still working jobs and playing football. If, if, if you're going to be really like... If you really want to build that culture of like, we're not mucking around anymore here in Newcastle. We're not, you know, celebrating grand finals and then pretty much blowing right into the next season still hung over. Um, <laughs> so if you really want to be like, no, no, while you're playing for the club, you're, you know, an employee of the club and you have to, you know... Just, you know, you can't flog off work early so um, in, in anyone's job and without repercussions. So, you know, you have to set by the rules. And these guys are young young players and they're somewhat pseudo-celebrities around, especially, well, maybe not New Zealand, but it's, uh, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, it, you got to keep them, um, you know, within within boundaries. So. That's it. You have to treat them like children. <laughs> yeah, treat them like children. Give them a curfew and a big smack on the bottom if, they, yeah. uh, if they're not... Uh, Doing what they're so told. smack on the bottom for you five boys, but yeah. learn from it. Use it as a learning tool and learn from it. Next item in the news, and just be wary with this one. It comes from the mole. He's generally known to be wrong uh, about most things. Yeah. Apparently, Heimel Hunt is set to join the Knights from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Now, Heimel Hunt, for those that don't know, is an outside back, centre winger. Very much a depth signing, but he's shown at the Rabbitohs that as a depth signing, he can be quite good. Yeah. So I think that'll be a good pickup if we manage to get Heimel. Um, I think I like. No. Well, I, I've, I've been watching. I think it's Carmichael Hunt's cousin or something. <laughs> oh, really? They, um, there's lots of families involved in the rugby mm. league. Um, it's it's going to be good to see. Like, obviously, he's an outside back. He's playing well for South at the moment. He's scoring tries. Um, he, uh, he he's been the, sort of a consistent, quiet performer. I think out in the wing there, younger fella. I think it'd be good to have him in Newcastle. I think uh, he's got a good opportunity there with our aging outside backs. As well as um, you know, a few players like Corey Dennis won't be there next year, probably not. Um, as a bit of cover, you know, it's it's it, he's he's got an opportunity to come to this side and, and you know really stamp it as his own. That's it, another news item I forgot as well. Corey <laughs> Dennis has rejected a rejected. contract extension. Oh no, we talked about that last. I week. I think we talked about it last we week. Did, yeah, yes, yeah, But it's uh, but it's I think it'd be good to see him around Newcastle, see him down Newy Beach. And also, who doesn't want a bloke in your team named Heimel? Heimel, yeah, Heimel. Heimel. It sounds a bit Penrith, doesn't it? A bit Heimel. <laughs> Heimel. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be good to see him around Newcastle, see him down Newy. Beach, New Kiss, maybe at the Commonwealth Hotel, he might run into Heimel Hunt. Yeah, he could be in for a bit of dinner at the Commonwealth, we hope. I tell you what, it's a wonderful venue, that Commonwealth Hotel. Absolutely, it's, it is. It's fantastic. And, you know, we saw that fight earlier. I tell you what, you don't see fights. The Commonwealth Hotel, it's a real family venue. It's a good, welcoming family venue. It's the a Commonwealth. place to take your kids, you know, it's a real, just wholesome atmosphere. It is. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I can't I can't speak enough. Uh, I don't think we've ever spoke well about uh, about the commie before, So, but I'm just going to mention it just on tonight's show. That yeah, I, I figure we should sneak it in. We should sneak it in just. Because we haven't really discussed it much. We haven't really covered it. And uh, last item for the news, <laughs> Nagy. Now, this one came to my attention because it's a bit of a humorous, humorous news item. Reese Martin, we've got a bit of a video up here. Uh, Elliot, if you could bring that up. Reese Martin ran on for the Bulldogs in ISP. We're about to see the kickoff of the game and playing the mighty North Sydney Bears. And he's off. The ball's kicked, 
and Reese Martin comes off. Now, we haven't got the time clock up there, but I think that shows how short his stint was. They hadn't actually put the clock on the screen yet. Uh, Reese Martin will show in the stats as having played one minute for zero runs, zero metres, zero tackles, zero missed tackles, no errors. Yeah. Um, but I thought that was just very humorous. <laughs> but also, if he was, uh, if we had our old rugby league weeks out and they gave the ratings, he'd still get a two. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you said, that's the baseline. It he didn't be. do anything to detract from the two. It's a zero. But he also didn't do anything to... I think they'd give him an NA for sure. But... The context for that, for viewers who are un- uncertain, yeah. is uh, I believe you have to play eight games or you have to run out or yeah. feature in eight games in the ISP to qualify to play in the finals. finals. And that was a case of Reese Martin getting his numbers up. Dodgy. I like it because it's dodgy, but I like it because it's hilarious. Yeah, it's just something you don't see much. But he came in the place of another player as well. And you know, obviously, they're, they're prepping up and their first grade has gone to shit this year. So they're focusing on that as a sort of a uh, as a key point of their season. But, you know, it's I, I don't think it's fantastic <laughs> just bringing him on and then taking him off. Like, just if you're going to play him, just play oh, him. We've all done it before. Keep him off for 10 minutes, maybe. Yeah. You know, we, what's, a, what's a couple of seconds? Well, that's it. We've all done that in the local rugby union. Yeah. Me and you, we've <laughs> filled in for lower grades when we needed to qualify for finals. It's It's been done. It's good fun. I didn't even Let get the it. boys play. I couldn't get any lower than the grade I played. <laughs> <laughs> Time for your sack, Liam. Thank you for everyone to send the sack questions in. It was a huge sack. Huge sack again this week, guys. Now, I've narrowed it down to three. A battle of three. Now, the first one comes from uh, Cal McDonald. Speaking of uh, Wanderers legends, yeah. Cal McDonald. Ahoy, boys. Ahoy, Cal. Ahoy, Cal. There's more to it. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel Brownie's selections indicate his plans for next year? Outside of Ponga's shifts, shop Ponga's shift, rather, yeah. his one shift, any other player movements show what their long-term futures are? Yeah, look, it's difficult to see. Um, oh, they, you know, This time last year, remember, they were, they were throwing Luke Yates around at hooker a little bit in training, and you think, oh, maybe he's got a bit of a chance there. Um, look, I think with the injuries and key spots at the moment, I think we're doing more patchwork than anything. I don't feel like there's, um, you know, they're testing the versatility of Ponga, but, you know, it's quite clear that he's going to be good anyway. He'd be good at wing. He'd, he'd, he would tear it up in attack and centre. He would, uh, he, you know, he's just one of those players. I think um, Connor Watson is interesting to see where he ends up because he's such a versatile sort of a, a player. I know they refer to him as like a Kurt Gidley-esque. So, you know, he could find himself at fullback or at hooker or coming off the bench as sort of that extra half. What do you think, Liam? I think you're exactly right when you've uh, mentioned the injuries. A lot of uh, Nathan Brown's selection choices and positional switches have kind of been forced on him by injuries to, to key players. So I think you can't draw too much out of... A few of the chops and changes, obviously the Ponga one, which we'll come back to in a wee bit mm. towards the end of the sack. But again, I think a lot of those shifts have been made on the basis of injuries. So necessity. we can't, yeah, yeah, necessity. That is the word I was looking for. We should yeah. have made that the word of the week. I would never forget that. That's next week's word of the week. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they've been out of necessity. So I don't think we can take too much out of them. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Next year, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Good question, mm. Cal. Good question, Cal. Another one, Daniel Turner. One of the areas that Dan's been critical of this year from our big men up front was the lack of aggression and fire-up that they've shown when one of the boys has been taken out illegally, particularly the Pong. We all remember the Luke Lewis late hit. The I, I still yeah. can't hate Luke Lewis. Yeah, It was a terrible hit, but I, I still think he's wonderful. Do you think the aggression we saw from Barney when SKD was landed on with excessive force was a good thing, and should we see more of it? I think we are missing a real enforcer. Not necessarily... Like, we're missing a grub. 
We're missing mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, a Greg Bird. Just a real we're, dick of a bloke. Well, yeah, because you know the players that people don't like playing against. I think you know Dan Safidi is our like our, our you know front enforcer, spearhead of a of a of a front row. But also, he's if you speak to him, he's one of the friendliest blokes in the world. And I think that comes across. I think you need to. I think you need someone that's really just a grubby player. Like, uh, and I think there was um, who's that player that plays for Brisbane with the one eye and the Joshua Maguire. Josh Maguire, the rat himself. Now, look, he's an ugly player that you know that you could you could walk up and you could absolutely deck him, and he'd probably enjoy it. That's just the kind of player he is. He steps on hands when. Um, when when play, people have their hands on the ground, he, he drops knees. Isaac Luke, another great one for that. It's just little you, things like that. You want someone that's aggressive and grubby in your side because it seems like every other team has one except us. It We're, came up a lot with Kenny Edwards when he was at Parramatta because he was an idiot, first an of idiot, all, yeah. but also a grub. And I remember hearing from a few people saying, hang on, that's just the kind of thing each club needs. You need one bloke in your side who other teams are going to come out and say, well, we're not going to muck around with these guys too much because this bloke will king hit us. Yeah. Or something stupid or kick us in the testicles. You, something you, like that. You want a bit of starch. You want yeah. a bit, you want it like, you know, if I if I put a hit on Ponga, I don't want him coming at me. You, know, you mm. want a bit of like, because Ponga is just going to get targeted more and more and he's like, he's, I keep thinking that he's going to go to every game and think he's going to go down with an injury because terrifies the, me. The way he attacks the line, he seems to, with a late jink, he pokes his nose through and you see um, players, again, every week you see at least a player doing his ankle or his knee because when they poke the head through the line, players now, as part of the wrestle, seem to be collapsing back on the back of the calves. And if you've got two players up top and then someone collapsing down the back of your knees, you, you're going to twist and it's, it's going to be uncomfortable. So... Late shots like that, you know, working him over in the tackle. Like, they don't want Ponga to tear it up and attack, and they want to try to shut him down early. It's a classic. It's been done for 100 years. That's it. You need the enforcer. But Every want, team needs an enforcer. You want someone there that's going to grab them on the scuff of the neck and just say, hey, stop that. Which I feel like Mitch <laughs> Barnett could do. I've seen he him do, do it, it a few times. He's, you know, a rough and tumble boy from Wingham. He's got yeah. the tramp stamp. He could throw him. <laughs> He could throw, and look, you know, it, it was good to see him getting amongst it too. And like all the players that sort of stood up, but the, uh, there was another time I think during that game that uh, a player coming back onside knocked Ponger over, and there was no reaction. Disgusted me. It was Corey Harawira and Naira. Yeah, yeah, the man with it was too just many names. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't pick one. They went, "Oh, we'll give him seven. Uh, <laughs> currently, across the entire Penrith roster, you have that conundrum. Oh, I don't want to see too much, like you know, reacting because again, they'll bait us if we react every time. So there's a bit of a balance there, but I do think we're missing someone. Someone aggressive in the forwards. Well, that's, that's it. I'm glad you brought up the balance because there, there's a difference between being that kind of grubby enforcer and just being a dick. Yeah. There's a big, big difference. And I think you need to tread that fine line. And you see it particularly in the hockey. It's, it's really interesting in the NHL to watch the role of the enforcers and see how enforcers operate and how they keep the other team in check, how they give their own team confidence. Yeah. You know, they've, they're just blokes going out to fight, but they've all got PhDs. It's really... It's more of an art than I think a lot of people understand the role of the enforcer. Yeah. Which is funny that they're all such grubs because it actually, <laughs> you know, it takes the right kind of person to know when to inject, when to go nuts on someone, when to hold back. So I think that's something where Lackey is a club, Dan, yes. Yeah. But again, you don't want to pick the wrong one because then they'll end up like, like Danny Williams being suspended <laughs> for 17 weeks. Yeah, yeah for hitting uh, Mark O'Neill. Yes. Um, yeah, that was uh, 2004, I think that was. It was anyway. terrible. <laughs> that was disgusting. He should have gone to prison for that. Oh, what was that bloke in the AFL three weeks ago? Yeah, well, that's the other thing. You don't want anyone to be active, but you want that fear. You want like you want to know that people are accountable, that if they do cheap shots, they're going to uh, be held. And look, a lot of the time with the NRL now, like, and that was proof that if, um, you know, to, if, if you know you engage with them after a cheap shot that, 
often the the player that initially did the cheap shot gets pe- get the penalty against. So you, you know you got to pick your times, uh, and hopefully there's a little bit of awareness. But I don't know, maybe they received instruction from Brownie just to say stay out of it, and they just ignored that towards the back end of the of the game there. But which is probably a good uh, good idea from Brownie because, like not we possibly. said, Poor not a club of fighters. Not a club at of the fighters. moment. No, no. Now, last question from Justin Guion. Damn good selection headache to have mm. regarding one Kalen Ponga. What does Brownie do when Watson comes back? Mm. Do we go Ponga back to fullback or keep him at 5'8"? Uh, next, Justin wrote season, but I'm assuming he means next week because I don't yeah. know what's happening next season. Yeah. To manage his ankle. Oh, because of Watson's ankle? Oh, Ponga's ankle. Ponga's ankle. Ponga's yeah, ankle. so yeah, Ponga, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brownie came out and said part of the reason why he's playing him at 5'8 in the front line, there's a lot less running. He won't be testing that ankle out as much. Um, you know, do we think he needs more time to recover that? Or will the added running to Connor Watson debilitate his injury? Well, you got Tony Ayub coming out this week saying that, um, you know, we, we filmed this on a Monday, but on tomorrow they're going to make the call whether he's going to be in the side or not, but he's training well at the moment. It's a possibility. So yesterday that, when you're listening to this, so they will have made the call. Yes, yes. So, so tomorrow for us, yeah. but yesterday for, for you, you guys. Yeah, the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> meeting with the past and mingling beautifully <laughs> to form the present and it's so it's going to be interesting to see what they do and look they have an opportunity do they keep Nick Meany I thought Nick Meany had a he had a great game well he had a great game Some great. he showed some great things you know dropping the ball uh, in the tackle that led to the try it's only because I think because we won that game do we think he had a great game I think there would have been a little bit more scrutiny on him if we had lost uh, same as Ponga at 5-8 you know making four errors four errors going for it as well but you know it's still four errors uh didn't need to happen. You know, it's four turnovers. It's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, did he? Did they think he did enough? Do they want him defending in that line? Um, you know, because he will get targeted more. Fullback is a bit of a protected species out there until they kick to him and try to jam him. But I think at the start of the season we did some great work uh, around um, that that plan of if Ponga gets it on the full to to use those wingers as runners uh, and just try to keep him out of um, harm's way. You got to protect him. He's an asset. It's like it's like a new car. You just don't want anyone to key it. So no. you, you park it way away from everyone. <laughs> Or you just don't do anything to warrant people keying your car. What are you doing to people, Maggie, that you worry every night about your car getting kicked? I don't worry about my car anymore. It's a piece of shit. Um. It really is. I think, personally, Ponga should go back to fullback and Watson. Again, looking, having recently seen Connor Watson with no shirt on, ladies, look out. He's much more robust looking than Ponga. I think he suits the front line a bit better. And... Throughout the year, one of the things Nathan Brown has really been working on are those small parts of 5'8th play, the passing, which earlier in the year, you know, he had some problems with. Um, they've really, really worked hard on those small effort areas, as is the the jargon that we've been using. So, Willie, William Nilliam all this season. <laughs> they've been working really hard with him on that. And so, I think, because you got to work out where does the team detract, or where do you detract less from the team by the switch? I think the key is to keep... Connor Watson, Mitchell Pierce, and and uh, Kalen Ponga playing together. The in one three side. need to be together. They're the three that uh, they're our spine. That you can sort of mix and change it around. Whether you start one on the bench, probably going to be Watson if any of them, and and if you work them in. But at the moment, you'd you'd think you'd keep seven. Pierce, Watson six, and then Ponga at fullback. You know, we've had some great success with that through the season when those three players are playing and playing well. They seem to be all, you know, immensely talented in their own right, uh, whether it be the kicking game of, of Pierce, the running game of Watson, and the everything else with Kalen Ponga, which he just seems to keep improving out of sight. So I think as long as we keep those three on the field, uh, and, and it doesn't matter what position they, they, they do, because I think they all complement each other rather well. Just beautifully, it's, don't they? Yeah, it's good when when it when it works, it works. Um, and you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Yeah, uh, that's um, 
And this season, we're you know we're not quite upset, uh, but we're holding you know we're not quite at tears. We're just we're at the sniffles. We're the you know slightly where we we might not want to be, but we're there. Now, Liam, we've got the game against the Sharks at Shark Park, a team that's notoriously had our number for the last few years, uh, minus probably that one game that started last year when we nearly nearly got it off them. I think it was twelve yeah, twelve. 13, I think they had to kick field goal, yeah. With, they um, did, um, but besides that, it's been all sharks. It's been all sharks. Oh, um, and uh, at the beginning of the season, they, you know, came and remind us how, you know, painful they could be towards us as well. Uh, obviously, we're still feeling, we're still reeling from that, from that 60 nil game, whatever the hell it was, 60 nil, yeah. A plus, I think. Yeah, awful. So it's, it, so it's a big game for us for a lot of reasons. It shows, you know, see how far we've come, see if we can, you know, score more points on them, and and try to like bridge that middle part. Score prediction, Liam, for the Sharks game. Oh. It's down there. They're playing well. Uh, da- David Fafita. David Fafita. Andrew Fafita. Andrew Fafita. Sorry, they're twins. Um, uh, Andrew Fafita had that thing with, uh, you know, apparently him and Shane Flanagan and you're swearing and pointing at oh, the, he's an idiot. He's an idiot. He's an absolute <laughs> goose. Um, so maybe that might, you know, upset them a little bit in their preparation and we might be able to swoop in. But we're coming off a win. You know, it's uh, we've beaten a good side in Penrith and we could do the same against the Sharks. I don't think... You know, I feel like they're they're not the side that that flogged us in 2016. Uh, I think they've got a few more holes as well. But so. they're notoriously good September grinders, and this is the kind of this is the part of the year where Cronulla really come into their own and they start playing well, gritty and they start you know, wearing teams down and beating the hell out of them. Well, look at their side. They've got Chad Townsend, grand final winner. You've got James, uh, James Maloney, no. They've got uh, what's the, the Moylan, Matt Moylan uh, coming in, of his talent himself. Josh, Valentine Holmes has finally Val- become the fullback that we all thought he could be. Josh Dugan out in the wing, I think he's playing as well. Like, Paul Gallon at 50 has announced that he'll be playing again and he's in career best form. Fafita, Woods, you know, they, they play, their whole team's stacked. Uh, and then they've got Seguiara off the bench. How the hell are they getting all those players under the salary cap? No one knows, Nagy. Awesome. Cheating, then all, probably. Then also, we've got Ramian and uh, Edric Lee as well. So, luckily, we're, we're just taking some of them back off. Um, but it's I'm gonna, thinking, it's, you know what? I'm going to go the upset, and I'm going to say it'll be the Knights by 19 points to 14. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, a five-point victory. Yes. How about <laughs> you, Nagy? What do you think? Point. Look, I'll, I'll, hopefully, we, we try to keep their, their score low. I think it might be... Look, I'm going to go 20 points to 14. Okay. I think we're not going to get the win, though. So Still a respectable worst. result, though, given their position on the ladder and ours. Yeah. And I'd, their roster and ours. I just think that's... I think they're the better side. We've just named how, how good of a side they are, and I think they'll have to play particularly badly, like Penrith, and we'll have to play out of our skin to play well. But, you know, we'll have to do much of the same that we Stranger did Stranger against- things have happened. Happened though, Nagy. Very, very much so, Lim. Thank you all for joining us for another week of the Joust. Uh, if you like our stuff, please find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and all the pipes. All the pipes. Are they all of them? Four? I think yep. it's your fifth. SoundCloud. SoundCloud. That's the other way you can find us for all you people without five the f- pipes, without the fruit phones. <laughs> so uh, it's been a pleasure, Lim. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully, the Knights can make it two in a row, and let's finish the season all together as one big happy family. Thanks yes. so much. I can't believe you know what this song. Did you know what this song? No. It ain't no joke.